You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, guys, gals, day four in the books. Um, going to do a little bonus episode here on a Sunday. A, lots to talk about. B, good guest to have. C, why the heck not? Um, so we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get to some of Brown's camp to this point, but you know I want you know I wanted to get somebody on here who's been down in the trenches uh, for the first few days, kind of get the feel of every aspect of it, and we're gonna do that with Mac Robinson. We're gonna go through here your local experts on the biggest stories for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Brought to you by Hotels.com. Get rewarded. Use Hotels.com. Whether it's a Browns game, whether it's a short weekend getaway, whether it's a long getaway, use Hotels.com. Be there. Get rewarded. I'm sorry. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. And as always, thanks for the sponsorship of the podcast. Uh, Mac Robinson currently finishing uh, his tour of duty with Browns Wire, much like MLB trade deadline this week. Some guys or people are going to move around in the football industry. Mac is going to move around. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, first things first, Mac, uh, you know, you were just saying before we actually hit the record button, it's not been a bad few days for you, huh? Enjoying yourself a little bit? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's been a little bit of a stark change for me. Um, you know, the last two years, obviously, I've been with Browns Wire and everything like that, but I've been on the fan side of things. I wasn't necessarily credentialed uh, the last two years, but for for these last three days, it's really just been living the dream for me and being on this side of things and really just enjoying every second of it. Um, now, guys, look, I've, I've told some of you in the past, and, you know, Mac's always been kind to help me out here with some editings from time to time, but I've always told you guys, you know, Mac was going to be a guy who was going to climb this ladder. Um, one of the biggest reasons why is he kind of did everything the right way. Um, the other thing was it was sharp and attention to detail. So, you know, as he, you know, he grows, I'm happy for him. It's, it's great to see this for these guys. Um, as far as the practices it goes, what's... You know, I guess let's go reporters. Like, what's the feel for them? Because, I mean, this has almost been, for the last few camps, it's been, oh, great. Here it's camp. Let's go stand out in this 90-plus, 100 in the shade. Got to look at Hugh Jackson, listen to every excuse under the sun, hope there's maybe a player (laughs) or two on this roster to now. And this is one thing I keep trying to tell everybody is, you know, some of these great feel-good stories, you know, and I hate to be the killjoy of it, but a Damon Sheehy Giuseppe, you know, a year or two ago, he might be wide receiver too. Now he might be able to have the greatest (laughs) camp possible, and it might not even be close. But what's it like reporter-wise? What's the vibe from everybody there covering it? Uh, it's pretty much the same as the fans. I mean, everybody seems to be really excited and really interested to see how this team really turns out. And especially too, obviously when you got a guy like an Odell Beckham coming into town, that's always going to stir up a little bit of a commotion. Uh, so I mean, seeing Odell on the field and everything like that, everybody is ready to go. And on top of that too, they're just kind of feeding off the energy. And, and look, and you know, look, there's, and you know, I've talked about this in 2017, covering the most bleak and trying to find some way to make it sound positive. And you just can't put a spin on 0-16 and make it feel positive. <laughs> there's just no way. But now, and obviously, you know, where is almost every positional group? You've got, you got a dude per se. Oh yeah, we got him there. Oh yeah, him there. Him and so it just makes it that much easier to do your job. And the other thing is, it makes you enjoy the job that much more, which is great. And I'm glad to see that everybody, and even the reporters, you can see it in the work, you can see it in the tweets, and even, you know, obviously the Beckham highlights, and then there's always the, you know, 
uh, obviously it wouldn't have counted here, but that would have been another Miles Garrett sack, you know, and this type of stuff, and it's just fun for everybody. Um, the players themselves, uh, you know, obviously, you know, st- you know, a bunch of turnover this year, uh, a bunch more, you know, just studs brought in, whether it's a Sheldon, whether it's an Odell, Olivier Vernon. Do these guys... I don't think these guys realize the situation they walked into. They they're basing this on seven, eight, and one, uh, a team with a new franchise quarterback, got a stud pass rusher. I don't think they truly get how rough it had been here in years past. Yeah, and that's the thing is that pretty much as cliche as it kind of is, but Baker is the one that kind of cleans that slate. And really, when you have Baker kind of come in, that energy, like I talked about, that you're getting from the fans. Baker's infecting this team with that kind of electric personality, and you can see that on both sides of the ball. So for, for, one, for one little anecdote, yesterday uh, at camp, Baker was getting on the wide receivers because as the play was developing, they were just getting covered the entire time, and they weren't necessarily getting open. And so because of that, Baker was going ahead and getting uh, lighting a fire under their behinds, pretty much going off on them. But at the same time, you have Christian Kirksey who yells over to the fans, hey, I guess that means we're doing pretty good. So at the same time, it's that kind of fun energy, but also the competitive energy that you want to see and that you've been hearing about for the last two years, but you really haven't seen until now with Freddie leading the helm. Yeah, and I thought that was impressive yesterday because you were going to need that because it's to the point now, obviously, with Odell and Jarvis, you know, more established, more down the road. Um, you know, Rashard has found his footing in the NFL, you know, due to, you know, obviously him and Baker and that just crazy good relationship they have on field. You know, Anto- Antonio still obviously just kind of finding his way, but you wanted that and you need it. And, you know, and I'm sure once everybody got cut behind closed doors and I'm sure Odell and Jarvis, just chill, bro. We got it. All right. We got it. We got it. <laughs> and the other thing is it's, you know, day three and it's a scramble drill and you know you don't know if a coach is going to blow the whistle you know because you know to make sure it's I mean there is some to it but it just shows you the competitive fire in Baker and you saw that on day one where he stayed after for a half an hour with you know currently wide receiver six seven eight and nine on the depth chart so no problem I'll throw I'll throw don't worry about it guys and you just absolutely need that from your leader now the crowds um Obviously, we'll take it, you know, hopefully not taking this morning's. And that's kind of weird. Look, I mean, as you know, and it almost feels bad because, you know, everybody kind of came to me and Pete like, uh, were you guys in the crowd today? Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it just seems weird to needle it. And look, there's always that guys that are going to get it. But I mean, from what you're hearing, I mean, it almost sounds like it's like, you know, obviously the crowd is smaller, but game like conditions from this crowd, they are fired up. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the thing is that no matter where you go, and, and I will say this, the one the one downside to being the credentialed is pretty much that I've gotten the down in front pretty much a few t- more than a few times where um, I, I've uh, been blocking some peop- some fans and everything like that. I try to kneel. I try to get out of the way. I know, like, I want to make sure that all these fans can see the the overall change in this team that I have seen from the last two years. And so... Really, that's the one thing is that these fans are fired up. They're ready to go day in, day out. So many different, so many dog checks day in, uh, day out, play in, play out. And really, it's, it's so much more of a fun environment overall. And then on top of it, too, I will say the one thing that I do like actually, too, is the fact that it's the Sark change from the, uh, two to six practice, uh, from the last two years under Hugh to the 10 to noon, it's actually a really nice uh, nice time, pretty much, 
where it's like everybody's kind of getting together, everybody else is getting hyped up all together and everything like that. But also at the same time, it's not, like you said, 100 degrees out in the shade pretty much. So it's not terrible, but at the same time, it's still enjoyable enough for all the fans, and I think you can tell in their excitement. Yeah, and, and that just makes the most sense. I mean, what, what you know, what, what you're doing, you know, like Arizona, their practices are really late. I understand that's the coolest part of the day, but, you know, get in. And the other thing is, is you want the best work possible. So you're shooting for the most amicable weather conditions. So, yeah, 10 to 12, you get up. The players get a nice, you know, get a light breakfast in them, get your meetings in. This is what we're, we're looking to accomplish today. Let's get going to work and, you know, get off the field. And hopefully, you know, if everything goes right, your day's done by 2 o'clock. Get a lift in, you know, have a light dinner and then you know i mean you ready you know meetings and then start getting ready for the next day it just it's more conducive in that mid-afternoon it's you know and i know a lot of you know a lot of other reporters were complaining it's because you know right now this is you know I, and there's the folks who have to cover more than one thing and it's well if i'm here till six i gotta get in my car because the indians are home <laughs> and you know, like a lot of people were complaining it's like well look not everybody just covers the browns you know we have other obligations and other things we got to do so you know it's you know and obviously you know freddie's got that college mentality where it's you know it's get you know that's where he started he was a player it's get up you get you know when are you best you should be best first thing in the morning and so it's just smart to do that and yeah you're gonna get a more fired up crowd and last thing you want is some 70 year old lady from you know <laughs> you know from akron i mean for akron who came out for camp for the day passing out at 3 30 in the afternoon because it's you know 103 you just so it's just better for everybody involved to get more crisp work uh we're gonna get to max uh camp personal favorites of who he's like to see who he's seen thus far right after our word from postmates postmates is your personal food delivery grocery delivery whatever kind of delivery service for limited time post giving lots of dollars in free delivery credit for your first seven days download the postmates app and use the code locked capital l o c K-E-D on capital O, capital N. Thank you to the good folks over at Postmates, and make sure you guys use the promo code. Gets your stuff delivered. Mac, yeah, I'll let you pick offense, defense, but you know we've it's there's been some players, and you know like I had mentioned earlier, this is you know it's a obviously it's a four wide receiver room, and the rest of it's going to probably be defined by special teams or roles of that nature. But uh, I know some you know there's been a nice battle with the guys there, but offensively, give me some guys to this point who who've caught your eye, and not necessarily you know I mean I, I think I think everybody would agree Odell's having a nice camp, but you know some other guys that are starting <laughs> to catch your eye, but. Yeah, so the one that's really stood out and really has kind of gone a little bit under the radar, if we can call it that, uh, is Ben Blake Jackson. Uh, Blake Jackson's made big play after big play out there, and he's really been somebody that kind of gets the oohs and the ahs from the crowd every now and again. But overall, he's been very good so far this camp. Um, in addition to Jackson, another wide receiver, you mentioned him earlier, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe. I mean, he's somebody who has actually kind of surprised me with some of the plays he's been able to make day two he actually had a few he actually burnt Terrence Mitchell a couple times down the sideline on some uh on some uh, nine routes down the field but in addition to that he actually surprised me with one of his uh catches that he had against Robert Jackson on the right sideline where it was basically a jump ball between him and Jackson and he out muscled him for it and really when you see a guy who is listed at I think five foot seven or five foot nine and 
that's probably in shoes. Um, so <laughs> for Damon Sheehy Giuseppe to go ahead and have a day like that, and he's really continued to have that, especially even uh, from some of the tweets I saw from today from the people at camp, uh, really seems like that's kind of picking up as well for him. And then the last one that actually is more of a surprise because he's been continuing what he what he was doing last season has been Greg Robinson. He actually has looked pretty good to me. And honestly, uh, in talking with other media members as well, for for Robinson, you see his size, and he's 6'5", 6'6", around like 320. You'd think that that guy kind of lumbers around a little bit. But his athleticism is fantastic, and seeing him get up out of, the, out of his stance, and he's actually sitting and waiting back, waiting for the pass rusher to go ahead and make his move before he goes ahead and adjusts to that. He's actually looked pretty good so far in camp. I love what I've seen from Greg Robinson, and it's not just because of the last name. <laughs> of course, you know, big cousin Greg, of course. Um, but nobody, and that was the joy of last year. You know, one of the, the surprises, you know, was Greg and it was Brashard Perriman. And, you know, both times, you know, Pete and I doing the show, what are you doing? I mean, really, these guys? I mean, you know, but, you know, sometimes, you know, take a shot on a guy at their worst. And look, you know, gamble on guys, you know, who were first-round picks. You know, maybe there was a ton of extenuating circumstances. Obviously, Perriman worked his way into a one-year, $5 million deal. If I were him, I would have still stayed here. If I'm basing my future earnings, I'm going to base it on Baker Mayfield <laughs> helping me as opposed to Jameis Winston helping me. But, you know, hey, that is that is what it is. Um, but Greg, and obviously, you know, I, I think the thing with Greg is he just got so much momentum through that, you know, playoff run with Auburn, and all of a sudden, there he was. He was a top-five guy, two overall. And sometimes, you know, Maybe some things got handed to him, and he got complacent. Um, but still, everything was there, the athleticism, the size. And it's not that he was a world beater last year. He played good enough. But again, but right back to LaCharles Brantley. And okay, here's the thing. I actually did good in pass pro this year, which has been my issue. My run blocking's become an issue, which was his calling card, which got him drafted as high as he did, and still putting in the emphasis there. And you know, if you can at least just get Greg to be what Greg was last year, that's good enough. The fact that he might be able to be a little bit better than he was last year, I mean, it, it, a win's a, I mean, it's a major win if you're going to pay your left tackle only $5 million. So obviously great for Greg. Um, let's stick to the offense here for a second. Uh, is there a quarterback on this right? Look, first things first, nobody wants anybody else to take another snap. But if there is going to be one who's going to have to take one, it's got to be Gilbert, no? Yeah. I mean, Garrett Gilbert's been somebody that I've actually really been intrigued about going into it, uh, going into training camp. And he's actually looked pretty solid to me where so much so that, I, I mean, I'm I'm asking the other uh, media members that are there like, hey, am I the only one that thinks that they can carry three? Uh, because it, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me um, if uh, you go ahead and have Garrett Gilbert, even if he does get cut, where it's the hey, you know what? Keep keep our number, save our number, be ready just in case if if we ever need it. Um, because I mean, Drew Stanton, I think is pretty. I think we can all agree on the fact that Drew Stanton's pretty much the uh, quarterback coach. Not in name, but in position. Uh, but <laughs> but at the same time, like that's that's pretty much his role. You don't necessarily want to see Drew Sand playing. Um, out of anything, you can guarantee the fact that he'll be one of the seven inactives every Sunday. Uh, but that's the one thing is that when it comes to Drew Stanton, like he's looked okay, but he just he doesn't seem like he'd be the guy. I, I really like what I've seen out of Garrett Gilbert, as uh, many people have pointed out to me on Twitter. AAF legend, so uh, greatest quarterback in the history of the AAF. There you go, all-time passing leader in the history of the AAF. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, who better? 
Well, and the other thing, though, is, I mean, everybody talks about the relationship between Drew and Baker, and obviously, you know, that's one year, but you got to think there is something there with Gilbert and Baker, both having gone to the same high school, you know, both, there's got to be some way that, that, you know, can maybe continue on, you know, obviously Drew, you know, as, as you know, I cut his teeth here a lot longer in the NFL, and again, it, it wouldn't be stunning if, you know, eventually it, Drew Stanton was the quarterback coach of the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield was the quarterback, and, you know, Gilbert was the, uh, obviously, the backup, and just continue that going, just, you know, obviously, you know, taking him from taking his paycheck as a quarterback to taking his paycheck as a coach, it seems to, I mean, you can kind of really easily connect the dots there. Uh, right guard, obviously, and, you know, some people, you know, it's so obvious it's a rotational people. Some people are trying to make it more than it was. Day one, uh, so today was day four, so it was Austin Corbett's day. Don't read anything into it, guys. If they tell you it's a rotation at this point, it's a rotation. How is it looking? Is it, you know, is it a good competition, or right now is it more of a, well, somebody's got to win? As of right now, for me, it's somebody's got to win because I, I haven't seen anybody really stand out. Uh, to me, all that much. Um, really, I mean, Kyle Kalis looked uh, pretty solid for day two. Um, yesterday, uh, Eric Cush got the got the start, got the number, got the first team reps um, with the team. But I mean, Corbett was taking snaps with the backup center uh, at backup center yesterday, um, but he had some bad snaps. So out of anything, like it, it's kind of just up in the air. But as of right now, I haven't seen anybody kind of take the lead on that or really try to leave their stamp on it. And I think that, honestly, it's going to come down to those preseason games and see how how they do against other competition and just see how they look. I, I guess that's kind of where you just have to be with it. And look, in a lot of it, none of it is really, I think, going to be told until it's actual preseason games. And it's, you know, well, did you do your assignment? And did you at least hold your block long enough? And, you know, it, it's tough on Corbett because you took him as a rookie and you basically said, you know, and you put him everywhere. Um if he does kind of get entrenched, will the play come from there? Obviously, he's got two guys on the interior, NJC and Joel, that if he's got any questions, anything about and, and you know, these guys can even, you know, coach him play to play or whatever. So it's going to be interesting. And, you know, what Austin's... Well, I, Go ahead. The other thing I was going to say, too, is I asked Joel about that on uh, day two, about what he's seen the biggest improvements from Kalis and, and Corbett. And he was really talking about how they're trying to work on their footwork more time, more than anything. And they're really just getting more comfortable with the offense. So that's why I think that day in, day out, that's going to be something to kind of monitor. Because as they get more comfortable with the offense and get more comfortable with the line, then I think that's where you start to see some of these guys stand out. It might not necessarily come this first or second week, but it's probably going to come at least third, probably fourth week of training camp, and you'll see somebody step up into that role, I think. And look, we're going to need it, and the interior for Baker is probably more important than the exterior. So there you have it. Uh, we've gotten you know, uh, Mac Robinson's take here offensively, um, and obviously we got to the backup quarterback position. We've gotten to the right guard position, which, you know, it's nice to not have a lot up for grabs, Mac. It's nice. <laughs> this is refreshing, as opposed to last year doing shows. Labor Day weekend's coming. We need about five or six guys. If we can get a starter here and maybe a third guy here, and now it's, you know, it, it's well, at nice. Least it's at, at least it's at right guard and not left tackle this year. I'll exactly. take that. Exactly. And the other thing is, it's nice to know everybody's coming to your dumpster as opposed to chasing after everybody else's dumpster looking for stuff. Uh, defensively, um, there's there's been some quiet names uh, that are, you know, 
creeping up. Um, we'll get we'll get to one of the questions I have, but uh, three guys to this point who have caught your caught your eye, you know, being up close on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I would say for one, and it, it's the first pick that they took, Grady Williams. I think that he's really shown the fact that he's a natural when it comes to uh, locating the ball and going up for it. Obviously, he's already gotten a couple picks so far this camp, and obviously Freddie joked a little bit about his celebration, try to keep that away from throwing it into the field because then that'll end up being a penalty. But he, Greedy's look pretty good. He looks pretty comfortable out there for the most part. But as he kind of gets adjusted to the overall speed of the NFL, I think that he's got a chance to be something very special. Um, in addition to him, I also would say Sione Takitaki. Uh, Takitaki has not been apologetic when it comes to his energy. He just says that he needs to kind of rope that in a little bit. But at the same time, he's been talking about the fact that um, I asked him yesterday about what his main focus is for improving, and he's been saying improving in coverage and improving in tackling, which has been something that the entire team has been focusing on, really, away from focusing on the scheme aspect of it and instead focusing on the fundamentals, tackling, uh, going in coverage, everything like that, focusing on those fundamentals day in and day out. That's been the main focus. But the last one is kind of the individual player and then the overall effect of it, which is Sheldon Richardson. Because Sheldon Richardson, seeing him on that defensive line, I've thought for the last couple of years, and you can ask Jeff Risden about it too, whenever we would be at Browns camp together, and I would always tell him, I, I'm like, I feel like you, you're just missing that three-tech. You're just missing that interior defensive tackle. And adding Sheldon Richardson and obviously adding in Olivier Vernon, I think that this defensive line is so stacked for left to right. And then even still, like in addition to Sheldon Richardson, the overall speed of that group is incredible to me because you see the quick twitch of a Junard Avery, the quick twitch of a Miles Garrett because, I mean, Miles Garrett makes it look easy even though the guy looks like he's coming right out of a comic book. Um, but you see those guys left to right. This, this defensive line and defense as a whole is quick. It's fast, and I'm excited as hell to see what they're able to do. Um, and it's even on the playing stand-up edge in a 3-4 <laughs> because that's what it called for this. Why? Because he's that stinking athletic. That's that's what he is. He's that good. You know, obviously, you know, there's been some bumps on the road off the field. Um, but apparently, you know, Sheldon admitted it himself and said, look, you know, you know I'm a father now. I, I can't be making these stupid mistakes anymore. And he always got, like, kind of oversighted because it was the Browns have signed Sheldon Richardson and four hours later the Browns have traded for Odell Beckham Jr. So it was kind of like you know it was kind of like you brought in two stars but you know well it's Odell so it was like oh nice to meet you Sheldon. Uh, when do we get to talk to Odell? He's back from Paris yet. When is he going to be here? And but I mean that was probably you know Baker did a ton last year with what he had obviously you know so bringing in Odell is nothing to sneeze at. But it may have been the more important transaction for them was bringing in Sheldon Richardson. There's still some work need to be done there. I'm not going to continue not harping on that. Um, but going on to Greedy. Um, one thing with Greedy, though, is, you know, and obviously with a little bit of, you know, maybe the excessiveness is you got to keep in mind, you know, uh, those two LSU wide receivers, Grady going to be, I mean, Greedy going to be considered the baby brother there. You know, he's, he's taking a little bit of a, you know, a little talking to beating. So he gets his, he's going to let the two big brothers know. And it's just part of it. And that's probably a huge thing for him because, you know, there were some concerns about exact, you know, Greedy and his confidence and the fact that he's trying to do so much for his family to get everything right for them. It's, it's going to be nice that He's got those two guys to lean on, and A, he gets to work against them every day, which is only going to help him hone his craft. 
And some people with the, well, he may not, you know, he may not need, need to contribute early. And that's true. Or it's okay to take it slow with him. But it's not like he's coming from Miami of Ohio. He's coming from LSU. The kid's a player. So, uh, you know, just to, and to get that and the fact that Wilkes will play 275 defensive backs because he loves them all, it's just a great <laughs> thing. And, yes, Taki Taki, um, nobody would care, I think, in, if, he, if it wasn't for the fact that he was a rookie. If he was the senior linebacker, had a year under his belt, and he was the camp bully, nobody cared. Be like, ah, that's Taki Taki. It's just the way he is. Um, but, you know, as long as nobody gets hurt, who cares? And you know the defensive coaches are, don't worry about it, kid. Keep it up. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I don't want to hear the. I don't want to hear no fifth. <laughs> Farrell Brown has no room to complain about anything that's going on to him in practice. So you know that stuff can all slide. And you know, obviously, we spoke on Sheldon and just you know what a tremendous addition he's going to be. And you know the fact that you're now finishing off this defensive line and it allows you to do so many things. You know, Miles Garrett can go back inside. Um, you can take Olivier, put him on any spot on the outside. Gennard Avery's in this mix. You can line up Sheldon on the outside and passing downs. It just allows for so much versatility, especially for the fact that if this team's winning a lot of games, they are going to be facing a lot of you know passing situations as a defense, and you just want to be able to get the best out of everybody. Uh, we're going to get to one more thing here with Mac before we start to put a wrap on this, but the uh, uh, best way to assist the show, guys, and I'll always ask for this, you know, iTunes, make sure you're a subscriber. Uh, five-star rating, written review, always help the show. We're here day in, day out. Here it is on a Sunday. We're going to give you two just because it's nice to have ball to talk about, and we got through so much in June and July just trying to come up with content. Now we are filled to our ears with content. Uh, check out Max's work over at Browns Wire, um, and soon to be, and I guess we can kind of lead into this. You know, Obviously, Max is going to be joining the guys at the OBR. We'll get to that here in a second. Well, Max, you know, it's 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 trade deadline season, things of that. Um, so here you are, and, you know, you're going to finish up with Browns Wire. And I know Jeff, and I've talked with Jeff, and <laughs> one thing Jeff always tells me is one of the best things I can do with guys who come and help me out and work with me is to get to say to go- goodbye to them, to go to a better opportunity. <laughs> and you're going to get that. And, you know, you know I've told you this, and others have as well. You, you, we knew it was going to happen because you can always <laughs> kind of tell the good ones who put it in the work. Um, so, A, congratulations. But, B, go ahead, gloat on yourself a little bit, bud. You deserve <laughs> it, man. Hey, thank you, man. I really do appreciate that, man. I, I'm super excited about, about it. And I know I, I put it out there, too, but, like, I, I wouldn't be here if Jeff didn't take a chance on me with uh, bringing me in with, with Browns wear and everything like that. And I, I'll always be grateful to him for bringing me on. And I, I've loved every second of being with Browns wear. And I'm super excited to be joining uh, the OBR. And funny enough, too, for me, like, I mean, I, I've been a subscriber over there for four years now. And so for me to be asked to be to join up with them and everything, it, it feels so surreal for me. And the one thing, and I talk about this with Jared, and I talk about this with Lane, and it's, you know, and obviously, you know, Jeff, obviously a huge part of this is we know who's working, and you can't, and especially now where this franchise is and where it's probably potentially headed is, you can't half-ass this stuff. And if you really want to put your mark down, you really want to put your name down, there's no way around it. It's work, and it's putting it in, and, you know, people, and, and for some, you know, 
you know, oh, you shouldn't say that or whatever. It's look, you know, and another one happened here today with the kicker situation, and it's you know, uh, and yes, I I know I take every move this franchise does as it hmm. comes to the plate. And look, John Dorsey, I, you hate John Dorsey. How the hell could you possibly hate John Dorsey? <laughs> I mean, you look at what he's done, but, you know, for me, you have Greg Joseph, who didn't, you know, look, there were times later, and if you take away 7, 8, and 1, and you're worried about the kicker position from going 0-16, you're the ones examining it too hard, not me. Um, yeah. Exactly. But now Greg <laughs> is obviously, but you spent a fifth-round pick on a kicker, who's struggling to beat out, who's struggling to compete with Greg Joseph right now. And meanwhile, you have to have meetings with defensive tackles who were pro bowlers. You know, my thing, look, never spend a draft pick on a specialist. The best thing was, so what do you, you know, even on a good day, if you score 35 points, he's going to kick five extra points and he's going to kick off. Uh, I'd rather have a defensive tackle. I'd rather have, and I'd rather have a sixth cornerback. But if you put in the work, yes, then it's okay to have some moves that you disagree with. Yeah, I completely agree. And th- and that's the one thing is that, I mean, I, I remember because for that day, I actually was writing up all of the day three kind of recaps and everything like that for Browns Wire. And I just remember being super excited for the next pick and just waiting on the pick. And then uh, Austin Siebert. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to need to somehow write this up. Uh, here we go. So, and just going through, and I, I just remember the fact that, like, a- as you mentioned, I mean, for and I know you were a big fan of this player too, but I mean Michael Dogby was still on the board, and he was somebody that I I was looking at. I'm like, okay, maybe we can get a Michael Dogby. Maybe uh, the Browns can go ahead and add in another defensive tackle, or like you said, another corner um, that you can go ahead and add in. So at a certain point, you just gotta. I, I wasn't a big fan of the pick when it happened, but at the same time, like I for me, it's it's too little, too late at this point. I'm not gonna go ahead and lose my mind over it, but at the same time, you got to do better. You got to do better. See, and the whole thing with this kicker battle, the way it shapes up right now, is this has, and the name's escaping me, he was the Dallas Cowboy kicker, you know, ended up last year with Minnesota. But this has all the makings of Labor Day weekend. A Dan good, Bailey. There, there you go. go. A good, now a good veteran established kicker is all of a sudden available, you know, even maybe two days before the opener or after Labor Day weekend, it was Greg Austin. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, because I've got a guy with a ten-year track record under him, and this is the route we're going to go. So, but so, and if you're going to cut a fifth-round pick, I'd I'd rather at least be a positional player. And you know, I hope they don't just keep him because they, for the sake of we drafted him, because that makes no sense. Um, and you know, look if. Maybe neither of them are good, and we'll just go for two more. Hey, that's all fine with me. And if we're inside the 35-yard line, we're going for it anyway. So let's. <laughs> hopefully that'll be the route they can go. <laughs> um, Mac, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, guys, again, now Mac's going to finish up this week. Uh, he will start at the beginning of the month with the folks over at the OBR. Um, I'm not sure if there's any truth to the rumor. Maybe they were trying to get the adjusted age lowered over at the <laughs> OBR. Um, maybe that's possible. And, you know, for all of us who are doing this, you know, me, Jeff, people, we needed somebody to come here and bring this down a little bit, so, and maybe Matt can start to you know explain some of these memes to us and some of these hashtags and kind of help us out in that respect. Oh God, yeah, sure. I guess I can be the. I guess I can add that to the Twitter bio of the uh, the meme expert of Locked On Brown. So helping out the old guys. Well, and apparently at at one point, and apparently at one point you were the host of Locked On Browns. 
Apparently, apparently yes. at one point. Self-anointed, self-anointed talking with the folks, uh, Paul and Jack over across the pond. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> ah, good stuff, good stuff, though. But uh, everybody, uh, as Mac finishes up over at Brownswire and heads on over to the OBR, and make sure you are following at Mac Robinson, capital M, capital R, capital C-L-E, Mac Robinson, Cleveland. I'm, I'm sorry, C-L-E, obviously on Twitter. Um, not surprised where this is headed for him, and you know, obviously, you know, hard work trumps all. So congratulations, Mac, uh, for the Locked On Browns Twitter account. Um, all lowercase at Locked On Browns. Always a follow back account. DMs are open. You guys are fantastic with the, uh, as far as, you know, sending questions. And I understand a lot of you people, you know, in different countries, it's hard to interact on Twitter. Uh, so I have no problem doing my best to answer questions as you all have there. You know, still porn bots, but whatever. You deal with that stuff. <laughs> Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there. Throw a follow. Um, just trying to do everything I can, you know, to get you guys, you know, everything that you want to hear. Uh, there are times, and even last night, my wife, she's like, are you serious? I was like, well, a guy got cut from the Cardinals. He's a defensive lineman. I'm getting flooded with questions. Uh, but, guys, I wouldn't rule out maybe a Robert and Kandice and, and that whole round one <laughs> bust. I, I wouldn't be surprised if something happened there. So it is something to keep an eye on, especially if the guy fell out of a hotel about four years ago. It is what it is. Um, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.